there's the old saying, you can't take it with you. But that hasn't stopped people from trying. A lot of famous people, George Burns, Harry Houdini, Frank Sinatra, and so many others, they've all had certain personal items buried with them. Do you have any guesses as to what they might have taken with them to the grave? I'll tell you, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of The Inner Life and glad to have you here. Hope that your Thursday is off to a good start and so, you know, that that burying things in the grave, in the casket with people. Going back thousands of years, we have the tombs of the Egyptian pharaohs, of course, that prove for us that people have requested to be buried with personal items since ancient times and it does continue up to this present day. So George Burns the comedian, the actor, who lived to be exactly 100 years old. He made a couple months past his his 100th birthday. When he was laid to rest, this one might be easy to guess, he had three cigars, that signature prop of a cigar for him. Three cigars were in his breast pocket. Frank Sinatra, he died in 1998, and in his casket were a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey, apparently his his drink of choice. He had a pack of Camel cigarettes, a Zippo lighter, and a dollar's worth of dimes. The dimes were reportedly in case he needed to use a payphone. Harry Houdini, the world-famous magician, when he was buried, and I think this one is actually very sweet, his head was resting on a packet of letters from his beloved mother. Whitney Houston, the singer, she was buried wearing jewels and designer clothing and everything that she was wearing. It was worth a little under a half a million dollars. Another musician, jazz trumpeter Miles Davis, is said to have been buried with at least one, maybe several, but at least one of his trumpets. So if you know, if most people do, most people know, You can't take it with you. Why do people still want to be buried with all of these different things? I remember this old story, and maybe you've heard it too. It's an elderly man. He was sick. He was close to dying. He was quite wealthy. And being very aware he was going to die soon, well, he called for his only child, his son, to come into his bedroom where he was there. And this old man, he had taken all of his money out of the bank, and now he had it in a safe there in the house. And he told his son that he would give the combination to him, but only after his son had promised him one thing. He had to make the promise first. What was the promise? The old man wanted his son to bury all of his money with him. And the son didn't hesitate. He promised right on the spot. So the elderly man, he did indeed pass away, and there was a private funeral, but there was the, this local buzz around town, even though people hadn't been there to the funeral. There was this, this uh, you know, word being passed around that the son had indeed honored the wish of his father to have all of the money buried with him. And a number of days later, the son ran into a friend, and that friend asked him about it. You didn't really bury all of that money with your father, did you? And the son replied, yeah, absolutely, I did. I wrote a check, and that was placed in the casket. Well, today at Mass, we get, in the Gospel reading, a different story. 
another wealthy man. We get a little glimpse actually into the afterlife, what he encounters after he dies. Not only can this rich man not take anything with him, but his wealth was actually a hindrance to his eternal salvation. And that's a warning for us. Don't get overly attached to the things of this world. This past Sunday at Mass, we heard the story of the transfiguration of Jesus. But do you know what Jesus said right before he is transfigured? If you look in Matthew's uh, gospel account, if you look in Luke's gospel account, the words spoken right before it says Jesus walked up the mountain with Peter, James, and John. Right before, Jesus is talking about the cost of discipleship, and he asks this question, what will it profit someone if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? So, what are the things that you are holding on to in your life? Or maybe to rephrase that, the better question might be, what are the things that have a hold on you? This is what we want to discuss today on The Inner Life, recognizing those attachments that we have in our lives, especially the things that might be holding us back from making progress in our spiritual journey. How can we let go of these attachments so that our main attachment— Hopefully our only attachment is really to Christ. That's what we hope to discuss and and answer today. And our spiritual director for the hour, Father Marcel Tyone, is back once again with us here on The Inner Life. Father Tyone is a priest in the Diocese of Providence, and he is the pastor at St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Father Tyone, welcome back to The Inner Life. Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, so we have this scene um, in today's gospel reading at Mass, and, uh, you know, there's this this rich man. A lot of times we might look at this and say, okay, this is about making sure that you make a decision for Christ, that you live your life to follow him. But we also get those words from Father Abraham, you know, that, that when Lazarus is there, he sees Abraham, that Lazarus is there in the bosom of Abraham, it says. And... Abraham, when the rich man cries out, help me, I'm in torment, he says, my child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, but while Lazarus, he received what was bad, now he's comforted here, whereas you are tormented. As we start looking today at this theme of attachment or detaching from the things that we are holding on to in this life... um, Maybe you can just kind of help us have this, you know, detaching. It implies there is some sort of attachment. We, we, are, we have to be uncoupled from these things that we're holding on to. So can you maybe kind of give us a, a, a beginning spiritual perspective? How should we understand what an attachment is? Well, again, today's gospel is a great segue, right? You already mentioned that, but... The rich man, he didn't he didn't commit any sins by any moral acts or things that he did, which we can all do, but it's what he didn't do. So he had this enormous amount of wealth. He had a lot of things. Um, and even after death, in the way the story is told, right, he still sort of, he sees Lazarus as a servant, not an equal in dignity. Right, right. Um, and he kind of wants him to go see his brother and, like, take care of his own house. So he, once again, even, even the request after death, he's still not understanding that, He's sinning, if you will, by not 
sharing, not doing anything to alleviate the poverty, the need of his brother. So that's one of the underlying themes of this gospel today. But again, for us, considering detachment today, so we, we all live in a material world. We know that, right? We live in a, a very physical world, a material world. And those of us listening in the United States to this program, we tend to live in, in the wealthiest country in the world and have a lot of things. Um, so the spirit of detachment, you know, it doesn't, one does not have to be wealthy to be attached to things. So, you know, you can have back in the old days, a, you know, a paper boy was uh, recycling his papers. And if he, you know, worked all day on Saturday, picked up all the papers and sold them for like 20 cents and hoarded that 20 cents, wouldn't share with his brothers, sisters, and also some child that was starving down the street, we, we'd sort of have the same scenarios in today's gospel. In other words, we had to be careful, not equate how much we have uh, with the need for detachment. Detachment is something every disciple, every friend of Jesus should be considering and uh, and contemplating what that really means. And the top of the hour, you mentioned those people kind of being buried with all these different things um, that are of no use to them, right? So, I mean, you can't drink a bottle of scotch after your body and soul are separated at death. Um, you can't play the trumpet. We can't do those things. So we, it's a good wake-up call to us, right? So we're preparing for the moment. We'll meet Christ, not out of fear, but out of love. So detachment means, I think, a nice way to think about it is think of the first commandment, have no other gods but me. So the first commandment, we have no other gods. So very often uh, when we're not looking, especially we who have a lot of things and, and live in a nice place or again, have running water or things like that. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we just, I just got back from a mission trip and the superior of the order in a very poor area in Louisiana said to one of our adults in a conversation, he wanted to offer a small something of material comfort for the religious community. And they don't have hot water sometimes. And and the uh, this was a great line. The superior said, it doesn't take long for uh, a luxury to become a necessity that kind of struck our group. We kind of had a discussion about that. What does that mean? And hot running water, you think of the things that we think are really necessary that are really not. Um, we don't often have to live without things. Um, you know, maybe there was when there's a power outage or a big storm or people do experience ravages of, of maybe a, a catastrophe of some sort. Everyone realizes that we have our life, our faith in God and all these other things. And people go through those terrible experiences like that. But uh, detachment is something we should all be struggling with. Lent is a great uh, time and occasion to do that, especially at this point in Lent. But we are we attached to anything? So it's an interior reality. When we're attached, it's, it doesn't mean how much we have, but do we really live a life of complete detachment and only to God? This can be, we can be attached to people. We can be attached to addictions, we can be attached to material things, a quality of life, um, we can be attached to ourselves, our own ego. Certainly all of us have to struggle to sort of let the Holy Spirit and Jesus shave our ego. We do that with sacramental encounters, listening to relevant radio, um, going to confession, reading scripture, pondering the gospels, and all these things refining, uh, dying to ourselves and living for Christ. We want to live a detached life not doesn't mean we don't love other people, um, but there, there's a combination. I think it's we're living a life just for God, primarily for God. Our first love and our greatest love is God. That would supersede our love for our own families or those we love the most, our closest friends. 
And I think a lot of people do struggle with that. We don't really inventory that as we should. So a detachment, meaning God is first, that doesn't mean we live alone and we create sort of a moat around ourselves and sort of take on a hardcore material poverty and that's it. That's not what we're talking about here. It's the full sense of detachment. So, you know, a great question is, you know, what are you attached to? You know, what are you attached to? Anything, any people? Again, Lent Lent is sort of our self-retreating, our self-disciplining. We deny ourselves pleasures so that when the temptations come to bad things or things that are not helping us to live a detached life, we will have the strength uh, to do sort of push-ups of the will uh, now and Lent, freely choosing to deny ourselves some pleasurable things um, so that so that we can become holier and more detached um, from things. So so the, can we start the program, right? What what are we, we have to sort of realize and be vulnerable before God. What what am I attached to? What are you attached to? Who are you? Who am I attached to? Who are you attached to? And kind of, a, well, maybe a better way, where where do I need a spirit of detachment in my life? more fully that might be a better way to ask the question so well so you know some of those things we will be able to see you know i mean when when we look at okay what am i going to fast from during lent you know that that's a very uh you know the things that we are aware of that's where that inventory okay i i'm i'm fully aware that you know i'm attached to my smartphone or to watching uh, you know, streaming movies on Netflix or Amazon or whatever my streaming choice is, or I'm attached to, um, you know, chocolate or any of those things. What if I have an attachment in an area of my life and I am just simply unaware of it? You know, I, I'm oblivious to the fact that this really is an attachment and it's been holding me back, but I, I just am completely ignorant of it. Any suggestions on ways that we can become aware of some of those hidden attachments in our lives? Well, I think the phone's a great place to start. Um, again, our, our group we just traveled with, they weren't allowed to bring technology, and people were panicked, uh, the children, young people, teenagers. But they realized two days in, they actually could live without technology. It's a fascin- it was a sort of a detox, right? So they had an opportunity to detox. But I think the phones and technology for all of us is a great, uh, there's kind of an addiction to that, being connected, quote unquote, in that way. So I, I think you know that's a great question. I think most people don't really test themselves around technology, but can we do without even uh, you know kind of social media type technology, not work technology or prayer technology, but but that kind that's really sort of you know scrolling things or you know non holy things. Uh, I don't know. I I think I challenge every listener today. I think a lot a lot of us don't realize the kind of uh, attachment to technology we've all sort of grown to simply live with. So I start there. I think that's an easy place to go to question in the modern times. We all need to, to ask that question. And then I think also, you know, the gift of our life, our faith, um, all of that. But I think we need to be, have an honest conversation with ourselves. Sometimes it helps like me talking to you and other people listening to us, I think having a conversation with someone else that cares about our spiritual and uh, emotional and supernatural well-being is a good place to do that. Maybe someone that knows us well and kind of work on it together. You know, some of these people do these these exodus programs. They kind of form like almost a support group. But I think around attachment and detachment, 
you know, people have a spouse or a good spiritual friend or a mentor, a clergy, someone, someone we can kind of talk it through. I think that might help us discover things that we don't realize that we're attached to. Um, so I think a lot of us don't realize our attachments. And that's why, you know, mission trips or fasting from technology, going on a retreat in Lent, doing something a little out of the box um, might be a good way for us to actually go away and ask the Holy Spirit, hey, am I attached to anything? Am I attached to a person? Um, and sometimes we see that. We see in adolescence, right? A, a teenager falls in sort of a first real attractive love of someone. They can't, they just become almost obsessive with that person to the negation of all the other relationships to God, to parents, to, it just happens. Sort of a lot of people have that as they're growing up uh, in their adolescence and they can't seem to keep like a perspective Um, and then they get through that. But I think, you know, do we, are we doing that as adults with, with other things or people, maybe not that obvious to ourselves, but I do think you're right. I think we need to discover where we have maybe too much attachment. I don't think most of us really think about it as thoroughly as you probably could. I think that's well, the issue. We don't, we don't really know what we're attached to. And, you know, whether it's the smartphone or whatever else, you have to give yourself some time to discern where is that. You know, if if you're saying, yeah, that's, that's a good idea, I'll get around to that after I'm done scrolling through my Facebook feed or my Twitter feed or whatever it is. Right, you know, right, you're, right. You're not, gonna, you're not really going to devote that much time to it if you're still going through those. So, yeah, just being deliberate and setting aside that time is important. Father, I uh, want to open up the phone lines here. Uh, if you're listening and you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number into the studio is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Talking with Father Marcel Tyone today about those attachments that we have in our lives, how we let go of those things, how we move beyond them. Uh, maybe there's something that you are really struggling with something that has a hold on you, or you are just, you you are the one holding on to it. Uh, If you're looking for some advice, if you're looking for how you might be able to make some initial steps to detach from that, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Tyone. Maybe you had that attachment in the past. You've been able to let go and move forward. Uh, what helped? What are some of the things that you did? Maybe some of the prayers, some of the devotions that you used, that God worked in your life, the Holy Spirit allowed you to recognize what that attachment was and be able to move on from that. We'd love to hear your story. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. And Father, when we come back, let's also talk about um, you know some of the things, because a lot of times when we talk about attachments, there can be the bad, the negative parts there, some attachments might be, you know, things that are good or at the very least neutral. There's nothing inherently bad about them. But let's talk about that when we come back here on The Inner Life. We'll be right back in just a moment. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Well, you rock my soul. All right. In the bosom of Abraham there. Thanks for Elvis. Uh, if, if you don't listen to the inner life, 
every day. You might not know that our producer here, Nick, is a huge Elvis fan. Anytime he can sneak in an Elvis song, he'll do it. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and I am speaking with Father Marcel Tyone. He is uh, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and talking today about how we let go of the things that have a hold on us. Maybe we're holding on to those things, those attachments in our lives, and maybe that's something that you're dealing with right now. There's something that you know it has that hold on you. You want to let go. You don't seem to be able to. You're looking for some advice. You'd like to speak with Father Tyone. The phone number into the studio is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, before the break, you were talking about, um, you know, I, I, I raised the question of maybe like smartphones, you know, if we have certain addictions, um, attachments there that we find ourselves, we just keep going back to. And of course, we can have attachments in all areas of life. But there are some where, okay, I know that's inherently wrong, and I need to just stop. And it, it might be difficult, but I, I at least have the knowledge that is just objectively bad for me. You know, I mean, if I'm if I am gossiping, if I am uh, viewing pornography, there, there's a number of things that could all fall into that. There are other attachments where they're not going to be inherently bad. Food, you know, if I have an attachment to food, well, I still have to eat. I can't just stop eating altogether. Um, and, and, you know, even looking at social media, if I'm somebody who works maybe in marketing, not only do I have to use social media to promote what I'm doing in my work, I have to have a very in-depth knowledge of the systems and how I can use those to market whatever I'm trying to you know, get out there, what I'm, I'm trying to promote and advertise. So I'm not going to be able to necessarily cut myself off from that completely. Any advice for somebody who is in this kind of situation where there is something they have to continue to have that kind of use or relationship with, that attachment, how they can stop the attached part while still having to participate with whatever that attachment is? Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head. The first part of this whole journey is to recognize what we're attached to, either good things or bad, that are not that are reducing our freely, our freely given choice to be totally dependent upon God, and maybe something that again we can do that. I mean, with the technology piece, you know, if you have to be online for work and all that, I mean, it's certainly kind of sharing where we go online. They have what's called covenant eyes. I've certainly walked with people who kind of want to break an addiction, and they feel like if they're transparent with one or two people in safety, they'll actually be sort of help them to become uh, out of these things. You know, there's that. I think some people just, you know, they could be addicted to shopping or just scrolling all day and not really talking to people and not really helping out, you know, again, talking to someone's good. I think taking it to confession is really good. Lent is a great time for confession, but just bringing it once we recognize where we're attached, um, maybe where relationship is much higher than our our freedom to love the Lord first, and this can happen very easily and quickly and, and long term. I think this is something I think we because we really everyone's going to love their children, their parents. If all things being equal, those primary loves and close friends, what we love is there. You know, is there again? I think that that propensity to real the the heart really puts that person even above our love for Christ, and that that can happen when not looking. It's sort of something we have to kind of keep track of, I think. But I think confession, I think 
the technology piece, inviting someone we trust to walk with us into through that journey, through that process. Again, the grace of absolution is always great. Um, I think just uh, spiritual friendship, support groups around things. And people do that, right? People in AA, for example, people in Narcotics Anonymous, Gambling Anonymous, all these groups that do wonderful work to help people uh, out of addictive behaviors that are definitely bad for them. And sometimes, again, the more someone's in an addiction, the less sort of freedom they have to kind of choose away from. But I think right. we're talking today on this program everything. We're looking at the big picture of our lives. Um, is Christ first? Um, and I, th- I think we all have attachments. We all have them. And some of them are just good things, nothing big. You know, we sort of, I don't know, I think sometimes we just couldn't imagine not, you know, having hot water every day, you know, and those just things that we just think, well, my gosh, if I don't have these, do I still have, I guess a great question, right? Do I still have God and faith in God when, when I'm going to be at the cross at some point? And I think for, again, most Americans live in a very comfortable situation. So you have to be extra careful um, to just be careful with our, yeah. again, I think luxuries become necessities. And I'd ask you that question, right? We were asked last week, like what what luxuries do we think are really necessities that are really not? And that that's a great way to do this, almost an examination of conscience around our stuff. And, uh, and that's a good way to go as well, to start with that and then uh, to do the discipline of Lent and to ask for help. We all need to work on things with each other, so no one's exempt from this kind of journey around this issue. Some of the effects are, I think, you know, suffering affects everyone, love affects yeah, everyone, yeah. and detachment is something that the Lord the Lord invites us to consider every day. Well, you know, even as you're talking about what are those luxuries that we we don't recognize as luxuries that are necessities in our mind, yeah, I... I really, really, really appreciate living in a world where we have air conditioning in the summer. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, to yeah. me that that feels like a necessity. I know it's a luxury because for the thousands of years that people have lived on this planet before me, uh, there was not air conditioning up until the last century or so. But yeah, that's that's absolutely a, a luxury. And you know, you recognize it as soon as your air conditioner at home or at work goes out. And, okay, I'm starting to feel the effects of that hot July or August day outside as it's beating down on the building I'm in. Yeah, it really does. It, it, it hits you pretty quick. Wow, I should, I should not take that for granted. Um, well, go ahead, we just Father. had a, a great—yeah, we had a great incident happen. I think it helped us about a month, a month and a half ago. We lost electricity in one of our two churches uh, right before Mass, and— uh, and I don't know, I said to the people, you know, it was hard to see. It was like kind of a Saturday afternoon vigil was starting to get dark. And, and I said to the people, let's unite ourselves to the people in Ukraine. How many churches in uh, Ukraine right yeah. now don't have electricity if they're lucky to be able to, blessed to be able to go to Mass? And all of a sudden, people were like, that very sort of lack of a necessity became a positive for us. We were like, oh my gosh, yeah, the Ukrainians got to pray the ones that don't have electricity. How many churches in Ukraine don't have electricity today? And we just we might get flinched because we got one, one mass without full lights, you know, and it was a good wake up call for us. I think it was sort of like, a, I think when you say, you mentioned the air conditioner goes on the fritz, we need to almost be, think of all those that don't have that every day. That's right. And it's an, and I think it's a way to kind of unite ourselves to people and unite ourselves to the Lord and go out of ourselves. Like, unlike the rich man and Lazarus, let's go out to Lazarus with this situation where <gasps> no electricity, no heat, no lights, no technology. Those things can actually be a bit of a, I think the fact we lost one 
one light's worth of mass was a, probably a good thing for us. I'm glad it wasn't all forever, but it was good to have it a little while. So, like you said, I think those things can be can be wake up calls for us too. Yeah. Father, let's go to the phones, and our phone number again into the studio is eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. As today we're talking about those attachments we have in our life, how we let go of those, how we work to have our only attachment be Christ. And what are the things that you are trying to detach from in your life? Maybe that's been a, a, a very difficult uh, road for you, and you're looking for some advice. That's why Father Marcel Tyone is here to talk to you, 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Rick, who's calling in, listening in New Jersey. Rick, glad to have you here on The Inner Life. Yes, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, this subject is really uh, touching to my uh, heart. Um, for years, um, I struggled. Uh, I was in an adulterous relationship, um, and I didn't know, like, you know, how to let it go and how to just, just, you know, let it release. Um, and it was, it was like a little bit more, uh, you know, a little more hard to handle for the longest time. Um, and then I learned to. Uh, Confession. Uh, I started going to weekly confession. I started fasting. I, I was going to adoration as much as I can possibly go. And then, and then um, I was also just doing the rosary, rosary daily, daily every single day, and not skipping it. Um, and just to make the long story short, um, it just kind of released everything. I was no longer in control. God took control. And it really it healed my heart, and it, it it just made me made everything so much more easier to resist. Hmm. Well, I'd like to appreciate your call, Rick, and I think it's interesting that you you went to the Lord, or you sort of, and then I think what happened is you you've been out of that, you can get healed from that. Um, and I find is this right to say I think after after someone's finally out of a like a an attached relationship or situation in this case where where it was obviously not blessed by God, but it's hard to get out. Um, but after a while, once you're out of it, I mean, it seems to me like almost like you wouldn't want to go back there after you you get the peace of getting out of it. Is that right? Like you get the grace of being forgiven and loved and restored. And yes. I think after the longer the time, goes, I think that's for our listeners an important thing, right? Once Rick got the grace, he, but I, I love what you did. You you piled into adoration, Rosie, all the instruments that Christ gives us to, to fend off these things. And there are ways, like the sacramental encounters help us, and then we're not alone. We know we're loved in the places where we're ashamed or we don't love ourselves, and that's the key to to getting detached. It's also letting Christ into those places in our hearts that might be wounded. We all have something. So I think your witness is a powerful one and an encouraging one, but you know, you can tell you you sound relieved in your voice today. You sound very peaceful and couldn't wait to share with other people that yeah. you did get out of this situation that was not good for you, and, and praise God for that. So Rick, thanks for the witness. Thank you for calling in. You know, one of the things that I think really is important that Rick, you know, is, is speaking to here, Father, is the fact he he didn't wait and say, okay, I'll turn to adoration and I'll start praying the rosary after I detach from this relationship. You know, right. in the midst of that attachment, I know this is wrong. I'm still having a difficult time letting go. That's where you need to turn to Christ. That's where we need to say, I need the help here. I can't do it on yeah. my own. And if we wait until we're the ones to get through it on our own, well, it's going to be too late. No, exactly. The God's grace is available to us right now, and 
again, we probably all have areas to work on, and his was obviously obvious to him, and and called by God, and uh, that's that's great. But you're right. I mean, Christ wants to help us right now. The Heavenly Father wants to help us. The Holy Spirit, right now, all of us wants to free us from ourselves and from from either poor choices or addictions or or attachments to people, places, or things where we're just not really free. And then we be, Rick became free um, in that situation. And that other person also benefited from Think of how many people benefited from when you stop an adulterous relationship. Like, how many people benefit from that grace or that freedom? A lot of people, just like a lot of people, can be hurt and be affected negatively when, when this happens. We know the destruction and the sadness that can affect many, many people. So someone coming to freedom from an attached, a de- being detached from a an unhealthy relationship or situation actually helps a lot of other people, including people that, that we love. And so it's it's a gift for a lot of people, not just the person that gets free. That's the other, maybe a motivation for people to do what he did and a get right to it. And I think you have good advice not to pause like, oh, I'll wait tomorrow or a week from now or after this. or Right, after just, I get just, my act together then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't, right? It's exactly. A lot of people feel they shouldn't talk to God when they're in a mess. Well, God wants to talk, come to us in the mess, yeah. in the struggle, in the anxiety, in the fear, in the grief, whatever it is. You know, that that's where Christ wants to come. He does, and we shouldn't look away, but look back at the gaze of the Heavenly Father. He's gazing on us. He doesn't want us to look away. Like Adam and Eve's big problem was shame, not guilt. So, mm-hmm. so I've got too much Catholic guilt. That's crazy. They don't understand the redemption of Christ. I don't like when people use those words because we Catholics should feel guilty. We accept all the Church's teaching, accept the fullness of Christ, and then we know that God is all merciful, whereas... You know, Adam and Eve, their big mistake, the big, big mistake was hiding themselves and falling into shame after guilt, not mercy and love. And again, St. Peter and Judas, right, two different people, they both messed up really bad. They both uh, did not handle a pressure situation well, but Peter, again, wept and received mercy and became the first pope, and Judas turned on himself, and it's so sad because he had the same, his foot was washed too, and Christ Christ washed his foot, knowing that was coming, and he's with us. He never leaves us. So I think uh, we just need to not... There's no place for shame in a good relationship. God wants a good relationship with us. He wants intimacy. He wants presence. He wants mercy. And we do not, as you said, Josh, we don't have to clean ourselves up before we get to God. That would be... It'll never happen that way. We're kind of robbing God of the ability to love us. So that's yeah. that's what this is about. Father, let's go to one more phone call before we need to take our next break. And again, the phone number to call in and speak with Father Marcel Tyone as we're talking about letting go of those things, those attachments in our lives, 888-914-9149. What's the thing you've let go of in your life? We'd love to hear your story, how God has worked in your life to let go of that attachment. Maybe you're struggling with that attachment right now and you would like some advice from Father Tyone, 888-914-9149. And we've got Ben who's calling in from San, uh, Suntan Valley, Arizona. Is that right, Ben? Yes, Suntan Valley, Arizona. All right. Well, thanks um, for calling my, in. Yeah, what's your comment today? Uh, my father was a, a Pentecostal Church of Christ um, minister my whole life, and 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 their their version was uh, to you know a lust of money is the root of all evil, and a rich man you know it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle, and that's kind of the premise that they went on. So he was more of a leaning to the point that we shouldn't have any money, be poor, and I had to point out to him that it actually says 
that you're supposed to have an inheritance for the uh, second generation. And then those of us that come from a, a position of authority also need to be humble, you know, and, and then know, you know, depending on where we're from, that sometimes we miss things, you know, throughout life, right? And the scriptures. And and, and in, in, in that vein, his humbleness, he, uh, he went and changed his will to make sure that, you know, the grandchildren also had an inheritance. But it's just, it's, it's one of those attachments that some people can't let go of and won't, and won't let go of the authority that they have and want to lord over those others. And I, just, I, I agree with what you guys are saying, the premise of the humbleness and stuff like that. And I just wanted to make that point out. Well, I appreciate you calling, of course, Suntan Valley. It sounds like such a, <laughs> I wish I lived in a town named that. That's I a know. beautiful place to live. But I th- you're living in a good place, too, because I think you've grown and, and really uh, been able to see that, right? And we, we go back, like, I think, you know, it's a great question, too, right? What, you know, I think as people get older in life, too, and mortality is more of a reality, people, you know, it's interesting. When I see people, like, when they have to leave their home and sell their home, move to an assisted living or a nursing home, they often can only bring like a few pictures or something. They have to decide what do I really want from this whole house of 50 years of living? You know, what am I going to take with me? And uh, it's a, it, I think those processes, those journeys are actually really good for people and kids. And you talk about inheritance and changing the will. I think we have to ask the Lord, you know, if I'm blessed and I do have something to leave behind, who or what will I leave it to? You know, and I think I think those we never want to hurt anyone. You know, sometimes I've seen people use a will to kind of, I don't know, not do do something not so nice sometimes. Right, even and manipulate a, people. Yeah. yeah, leaving a child out after death. Or, I don't know, people need, we need to like sort of be careful with our goods, even in death. What are our plans for that charity or being good to people? And I, I think, I think uh, obviously his, his father, you know, had a growth there. And I think we have to be careful because we, we're not fundamentalists as Catholics. We're blessed to have the apostolic tradition and the teaching of the church and this, you know, we, Catherine Drexel, we just said last week, she gave her whole fortune away to That's building right. African American schools. And <laughs> right. she was called by Jesus to give everything away, and not everyone gets that calling. You know, we know that. But and Saint Francis, but you know, we have to make sure that we don't, uh, if you will, require each other to. We we just everyone needs to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance about all of our things. But I think again, imagine today if you're not in a nursing home or assisted living, or maybe you've gone through that. Reflect, you know, what what are your more prized possessions? Maybe emotional. I just went to a nursing home the other day, and you really usually it's families that pick. You see, most rooms I go to have a religious image of Jesus or Mary, and they have pictures of their family and a couple of things. But that's it. They've got it down to that, and that gives them joy. And all the other stuff wasn't really needed to have a fulfilled life if they're in a good place with the Lord. And I, I think these inheritance. His his point about that is also well taken and important for us to think about too what who will we leave our things to what will we leave our things to and and you know what's the, why we've been, we which everything comes from god everything we have the car the phone uh, the bananas on the counter in the kitchen whatever it is everything comes from god all the people in our lives come from god even the difficult people there are ways to make us holy that the lazaruses of our lives calling for help from us emotionally, psychologically, financially, without don't give away the whole house, but even those those kind of situations are a part of purification for us and a and a helpfulness that we're not again we're not in charge. I'm not God, you're not God. We all know that, but to live like that is very freeing. So I think it's a great again, I 
It's a timely topic for Lent for all of us today. You've used that word free or freedom over and over, and I think that's so key here, Father. We do need to take another break. Um, so when we come back, maybe we can talk about—we've we've talked a lot of uh, the interior side of this, but if we also have maybe a loved one that we see dealing with an attachment, maybe we can talk about things we might be able to do to help somebody else who's struggling with that attachment. Um, so if you'd like to call in, you're welcome to join the program, 888 888- 914-9149 is the phone number into the studio here if you would like to speak with Father Marcel Tyone, our spiritual director. Uh, I know we have a lot of you on the phone. We're going to try and get to as many of your phone calls as we can coming up next. I also have some very important news I need to share with you. I hope you can stay with me. I'll tell you what it is coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Are you battling an addiction? Our sponsor, St. Gregory Recovery Center, can help you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com Gregory. Thanks for listening to The Inner Life today here on this Thursday edition of The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, speaking with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone. He is the pastor at St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island, talking about letting go of those attachments in our lives and taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. I mentioned just before the break, I have some important news that I uh, would like to share with you. And that is, I have been the host of The Inner Life for just a little over two years now, and tomorrow is actually going to be my last day hosting The Inner Life. So I'm not leaving Relevant Radio. I've actually been asked to step into a leadership role to oversee our entire programming department here, but that job, that means I'm not going to have the time to prepare for and to be able to host a daily show on the air. So today and tomorrow... These will be the last two days that you'll hear me as the regular voice here on The Inner Life. You'll still hear me occasionally. I'm I'm sure I'll be on the air from time to time here and there. Um, But I'm also very happy to tell you that Patrick Conley is taking over as the full-time host of The Inner Life starting this upcoming Monday, March 13th. And if you're a regular listener to this hour, well, you've probably already heard Patrick fill in for me when I've been away on vacation or needed to take a day off. And Patrick is, he's wonderful. He's an outstanding person. And I just honestly cannot think of a better person to be able to take things over here for the inner life. And I also want to just take one brief moment and thank you for being such a wonderful community of listeners. Uh, that's going to be the thing that I will miss the most here, being able to talk with you, for all of us to be able to share here together with the different priests, the different spiritual directors during this hour each day. And this really is, I mean, we've got a community here at Relevant Radio, but I, I think especially with the inner life, you know, it's such a unique hour where we are able to share and grow together. And I I have been humbled, I've been inspired by so many of you sharing about your own personal struggles or your spiritual victories, and you've been an encouragement to me. You've helped me uh, in my own growth, my own faith journey over these last couple of years. So I'm truly going to miss this daily connection with you. But if I may ask you, if I can be so bold, would you please keep me in your prayers as I move into this new role, this new position here at Relevant Radio? And then, of course, please keep Patrick Conley in your prayers as he begins his time 
as the host, uh, the permanent host here of The Inner Life starting this Monday. So with that news, thank you for uh, giving me a couple of moments there to uh, sidetrack from our conversation with Father Tyone. But we do want to go back to what we were talking about, this uh, issue of attachments, how we let go of those attachments. And uh, Father, wanted to try and get at least one or two more phone calls on the air before we have to wrap up here. Barb is calling in from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Home of the Packers. Hi, Barb. Welcome to The Inner Life. What's your question for Father? Good morning. Uh, my question for Father is, um, how do I let go of the intense anger that I still feel towards my ex-husband? Hmm. So, right, so sort of a, we're talking here, maybe an attachment to an emotion, right, of anger. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced what you feel is and understand to be injustices and, and things that have happened in, in the marriage relationship that were very difficult in the ending. But I do think, um, you know, again, so anger is kind of a, a, a feeling, right? So in other words, I think we we try to ask God for the grace to love someone without liking everything that they've done or not done to us or for us, trying to make a distinction there. And, you know, asking the Lord, I think, you know, in prayer, sincerely, humbly, vulnerably, Jesus, you know, give me the grace uh, to look at his soul as you look at his soul, not just as I look at his life and my life with him. But I, I think that's it's a process. It's a journey. You should be kind to yourself and give yourself the room to kind of walk along this. The fact that you called today and you brought this up uh, to me and to others, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of prayers. But I, Because the anger is crippling, right? What happens is we go through something in life. We've all been hurt by people, things they've done or not done. And if we latch on to that, um, that anger is festering in us, almost like it's a, it's a cancer from the things we've been through that kind of eats our hearts and our peace alive today. Um, and it takes time. Certainly, I think most of us have been through different things like that in life. But I, I have found, uh, you know, over time, some of the greatest places of hurt or disappointment become the places where I grow in charity and love. So it's not just based on feelings, but on faith that God loves your ex-husband. Uh, not everything he's done, but has a, a plan for him and wants him saved. Um, and we don't want to be in the way of that. But for yourself to find that peace and freedom our other callers have, once you, again, I think taking this to confession, um, maybe bringing it before adoration, you know, kind of putting your... Uh, putting this relationship into the past of it and even more the present, what we're looking at today, right? The present with him is, you know, God wants to sort of uh, consecrate in a sense, your kind of rid you of these, these very terrible feelings that are obviously are, are keep coming up in you. So I think your calling today is a sign you're doing the right thing, but confession, bringing it there, just bring it to the Lord vulnerably. And I think in prayer will also help the journey towards kind of finding a peace again, a radio show is not, we don't have enough time to go in depth, yeah, but yeah. I think even talking to your local priest or someone you trust, a spiritual local person that could really help you kind of unpack a little bit, kind of a maybe more a thorough conversation might also be a place to help, uh, to get some help to heal and to move forward for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to kind of expand on what you're saying there, anything that we talk about here, we know that we have limited time on the inner life. We know that we can only talk about this so much and only go into so many personal details. Um, so it's always, 
always better for you to be able to seek out that additional one-on-one spiritual counsel and help. Uh, Father, we're down to just one minute left here. Any suggestions on how somebody might be able to help somebody that, you know, a loved one, a child, a spouse, somebody that they see that is dealing with that attachment in their life, how you can kind of accompany them? I think asking open-ended questions about it and not making declarative sentences like stating someone has a problem versus have you ever thought of, you know, like have you ever thought of and something pray about that, how to how to do that, inviting people to consider something, inviting them to dealing with it rather than just ordering them to do that um, from a place of maybe a little high and mighty doesn't usually work. So I just, I just encourage people to be patient and to take it to prayer first. And I don't want to close the show, Josh, without saying thank you on behalf of all the listeners and we are your collaborators, but thank you for being such a great shepherd to conversation and help all of us interiorly. The, you, the inner life is the inner life, right? So it's our most important part of our relationship with God is our inner life, and uh, and you've been a great shepherd to us uh, doing that. So I don't want to the show to end. Uh, well, we'll have to practice you, detachment Father. from Josh. We have to practice detachment now. From right? You. Yeah, I, I'm going to have my own my own detachment, my own withdrawals. I'll be going through here as well, Father. But we are down to about uh, 30 seconds. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners as we close out today? Yeah, Heavenly Father, we ask you to give us the grace to really practice detachment. And we use the Sushipe prayer to close the show. Take, Lord, my entire liberty, my memory, my understanding, my whole will, and that I am all that I possess. All you give me, I surrender it all to you to be disposed of according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace. With these, I'll be rich enough and will desire nothing more. Give us all the grace, Jesus, to desire this desire so you can give us all the grace of living a true life only attached to you and your holy will especially in struggles and difficulties. Bless Josh, bless Patrick, and all our listeners today and forever through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, thanks for being here with us, Father Tyone. Stay tuned. Mass starts right now on Relevant Radio.